Hello, dancers. I'm your host, Brittany Chalk, and you're listening to the A Dancer's Guide podcast, a podcast designed to inspire, inform, and empower dancers by sharing the experiences of industry professionals. You can follow us on Instagram at A Dancer's Guide Official, join our Facebook group, A Dancer's Guide Tableau, and check out our website, adancersguide.com, for all the latest news, upcoming events, podcast episodes, dance guidance, on-demand resources, and so much more. Wherever you are listening from, I hope this podcast sparks inspiration and lends useful advice to help you along your unique dance journey. Well, welcome back to the Dancer's Guide podcast. We've got an amazing episode planned for you today that I'm sure all dancers will resonate with on some level. We'll explore the factors that influence our own self-perceived body images and discover ways to better accept and more importantly, love our bodies. With that love, you can exponentially optimize your performance and set yourself on the track to success. Joining me today is a certified breathwork facilitator, life coach, and creator of The Space Method. I'm so excited to introduce Taylor Beringer. Hi, Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, it's so good to be here. I'm so excited. Awesome. Well, why don't you start by introducing yourself a little bit? Yeah. All right. So my name's Taylor. Um, I am, I'm a lot of things. I'm a lot of things. Um, I am a mom. I am a lifelong dancer. Um, I am, like you said, a breathwork facilitator and life coach. Um, But mainly what I do is I help dancers um, heal their relationships with their bodies. And so essentially, you know, healing the toxicity that we're, that we're so used to, that is the normal in the dance industry and really helping dancers come home to their bodies um, in a safe and loving place inside of themselves. Yeah. So I feel like, I feel like that is me. (laughs) I love that coming (laughs) home to our bodies. That's such a beautiful phrase. I can't wait to dive into that a bit more. Can you actually share your unique dance journey up until this point with us? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit different than most dancers. I feel like obviously, um, everybody sees that I have a son and I'll get into that part of the story in a second. Um, but basically I grew up like a normal dancer, uh, taking classes, right. Um, I started dancing at three years old. I knew from that day that I wanted to pursue dance as a career. And I, I trained like any other dancer hard every single day after school, right. The long hours, the, the everything dance was my everything. It was who I identified as was a dancer. And that's important to know because I feel like a lot of us identify as dancers and that has a lot to do with how um, how we treat our own bodies and how we feel worthy inside of ourselves. Um, and so I grew up as a normal dancer, training, 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 training. And I was very unaware of, and I think a lot of us are unaware of the toxic nature that the industry really has on us. And I was unaware of the effects of like what I was really experiencing. Um, And so I like to say that, you know, I was, I was a silent struggler. (laughs) Mm. I was a silent struggler because the struggle that was, that I was feeling nobody else could see Right on the outside. I had the perfect body. You can't see me, but I have air quotes going on here. (laughs) I, I had the perfect body. I didn't think I did. I did not think I did. Um, That was part of the struggle. But on the outside, I did. That's how people saw me. Mm -hmm. I had the the dance training, right? I had the the parents 
I had the, the boyfriends, right? I had the things, but on the inside, nobody could see how I was truly struggling with my body image and the way that I felt about myself and the pressure that I held on myself. And I think that's why um, that's a, what a lot of us dancers struggle with is the pressure that we hold on ourselves to be dancers and to live up to our own expectations and our own standards and not only our own, but the industry's standards and expectations. Um, and so, you know, this started very young for me. It started in middle school. Um, I also grew up with parents who are CrossFit trainers, and that played a huge role in just like the pressure that I held on my body on a daily basis. There is a there became a time where I realized that this is how I receive love. My body is how I receive attention and love and acceptance by having the perfect body, right? By, by using my body for other people to see me. That's how I receive love and acceptance. Um, and that turned into many different things. I always like to say that, you know, when we have a a relationship with our body that's based in struggle, whether that's eating disorders or body image issues, or we faced any kind of abuse, there's different outcomes that happens to us or for us. I, I say for us um, when we struggle with our relationship with our bodies. And for me, that was toxic relate relationships. And so, you know, it's not just based in dance the struggle with our bodies is not just based in dance. It, it branches out to every single aspect of our lives. And for me, that was the relationship I had with other people, other romantic partners. Mm -hmm. And so that led, and this is the part where I became a mom <laughs> that <laughs> led me to getting pregnant really young was the relationship I had with myself and with my body at the time. And so I got pregnant at 18 from that point, everything was getting turned upside down, right? Mm -hmm. The career that I was preparing for my whole entire life got completely turned upside down. The strict uh, lifestyle that I had with my body and with my workout workouts and with um, my training and my goals and my standards completely got smushed. <laughs> it felt like. And so um, I, you know, had my son at 19 years old and I just remember sitting in a chair rocking him and just like thinking to myself of the struggle that I was feeling around my self-worth. Mm. Like, who am I without dance? Who am I without the, the ability to train? Who am I without the ability to work really hard on my body and like prove myself? Like, who am I without all of these things that I thought defined me before I had my son, those things define me, how hard I worked on my body that defined me. That was something that people saw and applauded me for. And so, you know, I remember sitting in that chair rocking him and, you know, I had a, I had a rough birth and I was in pain for a, a long time. And so I couldn't train and I couldn't work out and I couldn't dance for, for a while. And, um, yeah, I just remember like sitting there feeling very worthless because I can no longer do the things that I defined myself by. Right. So that was the moment where it was like, okay, well then who am I? Who am I? 
obviously I have a lot of things that I need to work on. (laughs) Obviously there's a lot of healing that needs to take place. And it really just opened up my eyes, opened up this doorway to, wow, like look at all of the, the things, look at all of the toxicity that you've been taught through the thing that you love most. Mm. And I realized that, you know, I love dance. Dance is a part of who I am. It's a part of what I love to do. It's not who I am, but it's a part of who I am. Mm -hmm. And dance had nothing to do with this. It was the industry. It's it's the nature that we are taught by. Um, And so I really just went into this journey of deeply healing my own relationship with my body through learning different modalities, getting certified in different healing modalities. And as I did that, Um, more space opened up for me to, you know, be a dancer, to train, to dance from a space of compassion, from a completely different space. I didn't even know this space was even possible or even like a thing until I started doing this healing work where now I'm able to dance from a place of complete self-love, from a place of acceptance, unconditional acceptance, choosing my body over everything first. Um, and yeah, so I was like, why isn't this stuff in the dance industry? Like, why, why is this not in the dance industry? Why are we being taught these toxic things? Because the thing is, is we can be dancers and we can do the dancer things and we can train and we can move our bodies, but from a more supportive space inside of ourselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we're just not really taught the tools to do that. No, no, we're not. We're taught to dance and do our best and kick our face and book that job. But there are so many other factors that go into it. Being 18, 19 years old, none of us know what the heck we're going to do. And for you to have that moment where you have worked your entire life towards something and then felt like you didn't know who you were because it had all kind of gone away I'm so glad that you were able to come out of that on the other side and and change your relationship, like you said, with with dance, with your body. I think that's a very powerful thing that I'm so glad you help others do mm-hmm. because I think it can be very difficult. Totally, yeah. Thank you to, to that. do that by yourself. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So to set the stage a little bit for the rest of our conversation, tell me more about the space method and why you decided to create it. I'm, I'm sure what you've just said is part of it. Um, can you elaborate? Yeah, yeah. So the space method is really a method of how to hold a safe space inside of yourself in order to do two things. Number one, do the deeper healing work in order to change and heal your relationship with your body because that stuff is deep. It's deep and sometimes we we get to go places where it's painful. And so we first have to create a safe space inside of ourselves to do that. But and also the second thing is, is when we know how to create the safe space inside of ourselves, we can hold that safe space inside of ourselves when we're dancing. Mm. And so it gives us this platform inside of ourselves to expand and grow from both internally with our emotions and our spirituality and all of that stuff, and also our physical body as dancers. Um, and so like really how that came, came to me was, I was just, I don't know, I, was, I just got the call to journal and it flowed out of me. And it was just this, it's really this um, 
combination, this like this compressed method of the big work that I do um, when dancers join my program. Amazing. And that program is the Evolved Dancer program that you're talking about. Is that yes. right? Right. Yeah. So take us through what that journey for a dancer looks like um, and what methods you use to guide dancers towards trusting and accepting their bodies. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would love to just like take you through the space method a little bit yes, because it please. really is that um, <laughs> compressed version. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, it starts with S, right? Space it starts with S. It's an acronym. Um, and S is sovereignty. It stands for sovereignty. Um, if you've seen me on different podcasts, you'll hear space. And that's because it's recently shifted to sovereignty. Um, and so really that means is how can we create a sovereign relationship with our body first? And so how deep does my body want to go right now? What pace does my body want to go at? Can I invite my body to go at the speed, the depth, the length that it feels safe to go at right now? Because so much of the time as dancers, we are taught to force and push ourselves into situations that we don't feel comfortable with. That our bodies don't feel comfortable with. Pushing us to injuries. Exactly. And, you know, that really, that translates to the rest of our lives, right? That translated to the toxic relationships with me, for me. And so it's really important if we're going to create a safe space instead of ourselves that we know how to have a sovereign space to let our sovereignty speak up for ourselves. Um, yeah, so S is sovereign, sovereignty. Um, P is presence. And this is how can I allow myself to be present with my emotions and my sensations inside of my body? And so as dancers, a lot of the time we're taught to press down what we are actually feeling and only feel what's actually, you know, presentable or that actually will quote unquote, like serve us right as dancers. And so that's like the push. That's like the hustle. That's like, look how much stress I can hold. Look how much pressure I can hold. Right. Those things are, um, are glamorized in the dance industry. And really that's distortion. That's distortion because it's not deeply serving us on the deepest level. And so what we really want to do is we want to begin to feel our emotions and we want to begin to let the uncomfortable and the less sexy and the less presentable emotions really come forward and be seen. And so we have these different parts of us that we've been hiding for so long that are just asking to be seen. And these parts are the reason we don't feel safe to be in our bodies because we're like, oh, those parts are there let me just like not be in my body and let me just like disown my body and like push my body and like do harmful things to my body. But instead let's welcome the parts forward. Let's welcome the anger. Let's welcome mm. the shame. Let's welcome the part of you that doesn't feel good enough. Right. Let's welcome the part of you that's angry at your body. Right. Let's see if we can create presence in the body so that we can feel and know what's going on. Mm. Yeah. And then A is for acceptance, right? So if we're going to feel what's going on, we have to be able to accept it. Right? We have to be able to accept it because if we're feeling it and judging it, we're really just doing what the dance industry has taught us to do, to feel the pain in our body and to judge it for not being enough. Right. And so how can we feel what's going on inside of ourselves, both, both emotionally and also physically, right? We have physical sensations too. Mm -hmm. Usually physical sensations lead to emotions. 
And so how can we accept what's going on? And the acceptance helps create the safer space because you're like the parts of you that haven't been seen and that are scared to not be accepted. As soon as you do the work to be able to accept those parts, your body's like, oh, like it's safe. Like it's safe to be here. Right. Your spirit's like, it's safe to be here and to inhabit this body. This body is enough. I love that. Yeah. C is my favorite. Um, when I was writing down C and when this, this method was really coming to me, uh, C brought tears to my eyes because it was really what has um, led me on my own healing journey and made the biggest impact. And so C is connection. How can we use connection with other human beings for our own healing? So as dancers, most of the time we, we relate connection with other dancers as like competition, right? We've been hurt. Many of us have been hurt by other dancers. Mm -hmm. Many of us have been hurt by other dance teachers and other dance leaders and dance educators and choreographers. We've been hurt by other human beings. And we put these, these human beings on a pedestal, like they're better than us. And so what this method is all about is bringing us all down as human beings and being able to create a space where there's connection between two human beings or more human beings. And that connection creates healing in the body because now the body's like, oh, I'm safe to be myself with other human beings. Right. Yep. So what we're doing here is getting our nervous system used to feeling safe in all of the different situations, feeling safe to feel your emotions, feeling safe to be vulnerable with other human beings. Obviously, that takes other human beings who are willing to hold you in that space, which is why I have my programs. Right. That's why there's people like doing this work to create change. And so there is more of those spaces and there are more of those spaces coming forward, which is amazing. Yes. So if you're wanting to do this work, right, you're not alone. So yeah, C is connection, connection. And when we have that connection with other people, we create this, this field of, um, of safety, of support to go out in the world and feel supported in the relationship we want to have with our bodies, right? So we get to go into other dance spaces and resource the relationships we have with other human beings who we know can hold us so that we can feel safety and support in those other situations in those other spaces as well. Amazing. <laughs> so this leads into E and E is evolution. It's the evolved dancer, right? And so this is all about, okay, so how can I now expand and evolve from this now safe space inside of myself? How can I resource this safe space that I've created inside of myself and also with others to evolve and to expand? Because I know a lot of the time um, when we try to integrate, when we, when we do this healing work or when we desire to shift our relationship, our relationship with our bodies, we'll go out into the dance world and we'll face situations that aren't aligned with that and that will kind of phase us and then we'll start to believe like oh these places don't exist oh I'm not supported oh maybe I can't be a dancer and have this relationship with my body and that's not true that's real it feels real right but it's not true because when you resource the safe space that you've created in your body you can go out and do the dance things in alignment with that safe space but this is where the integration and the work really starts to 
take place. And so the space method is really just the beginning, right? It's really just like setting the stage to go in and do the deeper healing work so that you can integrate this work into your dance career and into your life. Absolutely incredible. It's like you were saying, I think we make a lot of things up in our own minds um, and we start to believe it because we say it to ourselves over and over and over again. The industry says it to us and people live in their own realities. We all have our own different realities, which is something I've more recently been aware of that we don't all see things, you know, the same because of what we conjure up in our own heads. Thank you for elaborating space. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for allowing me to share this. Yeah, no, absolutely. So diving deeper, what are some of the factors within the dance industry that influence how we perceive our bodies? Um, I just want to talk about that a little bit more. Um, something for me personally, scales. I was always like concerned with my weight on the scale and that number. And, you know, it was just this constant thought in my head of, I have to be thin. I have to be this certain weight. Do I lie on my resume about my weight? Um, do they think I'm fat? But for me, I always, I was always comparing myself to other people I was very muscular as a dancer, as many dancers are. And that is what put my weight up to a level that I thought was unacceptable. Um, You know, when I'm going to say it, I have learned throughout the years that probably at my lightest and least active stages of my life, I'm probably about 128 uh, pounds (laughs) for any international people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, at my strongest, I found that especially strong performance wise, dance wise, I'm around 135. And then, you know, when I've like overindulged in some bread and pasta and all the good things, um, I can go up to 140. I, I struggled with those numbers for a very long time. And it wasn't until I realized, especially that 135 where I, I realized, oh, I am strong at this weight and I feel good. I felt like I had energy. I could do the shows. I was at like my peak performance Mm -hmm. level. And so that really was a turning point for me. And I think it's how we feel, how you feel about your own body that matters more so than what others think about it. Absolutely. Scales just don't represent a complete picture and definitely don't determine our level of ability or dance talent no. at all. <laughs> you have to feel good in your own skin. So what have you experienced personally that has influenced the way you view your own body? Yeah, totally. I think like the the best description would be like trying to fit into the picture mm. that I thought a dancer needs to look like. Right. And that doesn't just stop with the body. It also It also goes into the lifestyle. Yeah. And so, yeah, I remember really early on worrying about my weight on the scale secretly, right? This was a secret thing. This is something that, you know, I, I wasn't told to weigh myself by dance teachers. I had some pretty supportive dance teachers, a couple of them, eh, but for the most part, I did have some very supportive dance teachers. And so there wasn't, you know, that I know some dancers get told to like weigh themselves and it's like extremely this toxic situation, but that wasn't mine. 
it was literally the industry that I was living in and the society that I was living in and the environment I was living in as a child. That's what I worried about was like, oh my gosh, my weight went up on the scale at a young age, you know? And it was Mm. because I had this picture in my head of what a dancer should look like and be like and act like. Yep. I was identifying with the actions it took in order to get there. And so the crazy workouts and like the trying to like prove myself and like the, the, um, eating the certain things, right. Right. Feeling guilty when you didn't eat the certain things or you ate the other things. Mm -hmm. Like those were all things that I struggled with at a young age. Um, and then I would say, after I had my son, it was like more the lifestyle things like, oh, I can't work out that much (laughs) right now. Like not saying like, you can't work out as a mom, obviously, like I move my body, like I'm a, I, I dance, right. I I work out. Um, but at that point I couldn't. And so I was like, oh, my life doesn't look like a dancer's life should look like. So I'm not a dancer anymore. So my self-worth went down the drain, right. It was all about this picture I had in my brain and so like what if we took those standards and those those pictures and those expectations instead of having those right we just started to listen to our bodies more yeah what weight does my body want to be at because each of us have like each of our bodies have a weight that that our bodies want to be at and that might be heavier than the picture perfect body. Yes. It might be. And that's the weight that your body wants to be at. And so how can we learn to accept that? And how can we learn to accept that as a society and as a dance industry? Because all bodies get to dance. Yeah. Right. And all bodies get to be get to have jobs. Yeah. That dance. Right. All bodies get to follow their passion. It starts with us welcoming ourselves into the space. We can't expect other people to welcome us into the space. It starts with us welcoming ourselves into the space. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, continuing on the lines of perfection, I mean, is that even a thing? Like (laughs) the definition of a perfect body, your perfect body could be completely different to what I think is a perfect body and, you know, so forth with every other dancer in the entire world. We are all unique. We all have our own incredible set of talents and we all have different vessels on which we express this beautiful art form, right? And I think this idea, like I said, it just is conjured up in our minds. And I think it stems from comparing yourself to other dancers to other people and you can hit a crossroads you can either let it bother you and possibly negatively affect your dancing or you can muster up all of your self-confidence make that space for yourself and push forward knowing you have valuable talents to bring to the table that you are enough what are your thoughts on comparing yourself and that connection to body image Yeah. So something that I learned, um, and that's been a huge factor in like my healing journey is that my, um, my need to find or have perfection, like my need for my body to be perfect or my need to compare myself is just a survival pattern. Mm. It's just my body, my brain, my system working to protect myself because there was a time in my childhood, or even in my adulthood, where it was proved to me 
that the only way that I can get acceptance was through having the perfect body, right? That's proved to us through the society. Whether someone tells you that directly or not, it's proved to us in the society. And we're living in these brains with these brains that have learned these societal standards, right? right? And also we're living in these bodies that hold generational trauma. So it's not just our own trauma we're holding, it's generational trauma. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah, we have these survival patterns and we are just trying to get the love and the attention and the acceptance, our core needs that we desire, that we need Mm -hmm. in order to survive, even though we're not going to die. Right. But that's what our brains think. Right. And so in order to truly heal that and release the need for perfectionism and release the the need to prove ourselves and to compare ourselves we have to work as if we're working with survival patterns and so we have to create safety in those parts of us that are trying to still survive that are trying to get the acceptance and then when we can create that safety we can give ourselves the acceptance and we can give ourselves the the core needs that we need and that's when the, the need for perfectionism and et cetera, et cetera, really releases is when we can really meet those needs as if they, as if the perfectionism and as if the, the, um, the needing to prove ourselves and et cetera was, was just trying to protect us because they are, mm. right? They're not these shameful things. They're not these bad things. We, we think they are, but they're not. They're just trying to serve us even though they're not serving us, they're just trying to serve us. Right. And so we get to include those pieces too. And we get to create safety in those pieces too. That's a really great way to look at it. Thanks for that insight. <laughs> That's amazing. I mean, unfortunately, comparing yourself to others is most likely going to happen at some point, even though I'm a, I preach all the time, don't compare yourself to others. I do it. I've done it. Um, I've done it. Yeah. Even though I'm saying all this, like I do it too. I'm human. Like we do it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm human. It's absolutely a human. It's human nature to compare yourselves to people that you think you want to look like them. You want to be like them. Um, you want to do things just like them. It's going to happen. Right. So how can dancers better react to those feelings and turn it into a positive situation instead of something that brings them down. Mm, Yeah. I love this question. It's making me really think. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Like I feel like it's not a reaction. Mm. I feel like it's more of a, what word am I looking for? Like an internalization, like a, okay. So when I'm doing this, when I am trying to be perfect or when I'm comparing myself to somebody else, what am I feeling inside of myself? Like what is causing me to have that destructive action? Is there a part in me that's trying to protect myself, right? Really internalizing it, really like owning up to what's happening um, instead of blaming it on the situation that you're in or instead of even blaming it on yourself, right? internalizing it and being able to observe what's going on inside of your body. So when I'm, when I'm doing this, when I'm comparing myself, am I feeling a certain way inside of my body? Is something getting triggered? Was a certain sensation coming up? Am I experiencing fear? 
Am I experiencing jealousy? Am I experiencing anger? Right. And then from there, what I, what I guide dancers into is really allowing ourselves to feel those feelings, right. And accept those feelings and process those feelings because the reason why they keep showing up is because we haven't been given the space to process them, keep pushing them down. And so we keep trying to compare ourselves. It's a vicious cycle (laughs) that promoted in the dance industry. So instead let's feel them and let's give our dancers and ourselves safe spaces to process their feelings because they are human. And then from there, we create safety in the body and we create um, more peace with the body. And so the cycle breaks. We can't break the cycle of behaviors from just trying to tell ourselves to do it. We have to go inside and do that healing work from the bottom up. Right. And it doesn't just happen overnight either. It's something that you have to continue (laughs) practicing. Yeah. Let me put this in perspective. Like I've been doing this healing work for almost four years now, three, almost four years. And um, yeah, I'm still comparing myself every day. There's something that I get to do this work with. Yeah. Right. It's a constant practice of, oh, that's new or, oh, that's old. That's been showing up a lot. Like, okay, let me, let me go inside and see why this is showing up and where it's showing up in my body. It's a constant practice. Yep. Absolutely. Amazing. Now going on to your website, um, you talk about how you talk about healing from dancing in the industry that promotes perfection over humanness. And I agree with you. Elements of the industry are toxic, especially if you let that toxicity get to you. Mm -hmm. I kind of want to flip the script on this a little bit and briefly explore how dancing can actually be used to heal past traumas. Mm. We all have trauma, whether that's, you know, in our childhood, family, homes, relationships, and even within the dance industry itself. And for me, dance has always been an escape, um, a means of release, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think continuing to dance could actually help people heal from the professional industry. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's why I said like, um, at the beginning of, I think it was like my introduction when I was telling my story, um, it wasn't the dancing Mm -hmm. that caused this. It was the standards of the society and the industry that we're working and living in. So yeah, like dance has also been a big part of my healing journey too. And dance is what I love to do right? Dance is one of my biggest passions. I love to move my body and I love to dance and it's healing to do so. Dance was the escape. Moving my body was the escape. But what wasn't the escape was the standards that I felt after I was done dancing. And I would leave the studio and be like, oh my gosh, do I suck? Or like, look at my body. Like it's not enough. Or I would look around the room and see a dancer that had a different body than me. Right. Or I'd go home and compare myself there. Right. If only we could just stay in the studios and just continue to dance. I feel like like my mind was cleared and is cleared when I dance. I I don't know. I go into this state of literally no other thoughts enter my brain and then I come out of it and you're right. They all come flooding back. It's like this pressure that I didn't feel for the hour class and then it's all just like washed over me. Um, and it can be very difficult to step back and and recognize how you we were feeling and then fix it. Dance has always been a place of safety for me. 
Yeah. And, you know, I feel like it's like the reason why we step out of the studio or out of like actually physically dancing. And then we, all the feelings and the emotions and the beliefs about ourselves come rushing back. Mm -hmm. It's because we're not in an embodied state. Right. And so what I've learned, you know, is like this work we embody. And so that means it becomes who we are. And so the self-love and the compassion and the acceptance is who I am. It's who we all are at the core. It's not just like me because I've done like this work. It's who we all are this at the core. We just have these layers covering it. And so like when we strip the layers and we remember who we are, it's no longer I'm in the studio. I feel this. I'm out of the studio. I feel that it's, this is just who I am. Obviously there's things that affect it and there's things that trigger us. And then we get to go in and do more work with that. Yeah, absolutely. And how can dancers' own perceived body image influence their mental health and in turn their pursuit of a dance career? I mean, I'm a huge advocate for mental health and mental well-being. Yeah, well, I I think it has everything to do with mental health. Yeah. Body image brings up anxiety. Body image brings up the other end of the um, spectrum, which is depression, Mm. right? Body image can affect your relationships, body image can affect what you allow into your space as a dancer. Body image can even um, influence what happens like with abuse in the dance industry, right? Body image and the way that you look and feel in your body, I believe influences almost everything. Yep. And I think it's important to know that the the shift in the relationship with your body is not just in your mindset. Your mindset is a um, is an outcome of the work that we do in the body because the body holds the trauma. And so when you do the the work with your relationship with your body from the body's perspective, with the trauma inside of your body, then the mindset follows. Mm. I love that. Isn't that the same as us dancers though? Right. Yeah. Like, we always try to like think ourselves out of our problems, but like when we dance, we're like not doing that. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're dancing, we're moving our bodies and everything is working out. Yeah. So like that applies to everything. Yes. It's such a parallel. What are some of the positive effects that dancers can see when they learn to accept, love and own their bodies? I mean, you've worked with many clients. Have they said you know, what are the positive things that they've experienced? What have you experienced? Yeah. Um, So I don't know if this is something you've ever craved or um, whoever's listening to this, like this is something you've ever desired. But for me, it's something that I desired. And for my clients that I work with, it's something that they desire coming into my programs and it's freedom. It's like freedom to be yourself and to like be in your body and still dance. Yeah. And that really just like sums it up. It's like, that's, that's it. Like we get to be free. And I had, um, can't remember who somebody, um, tell me like what I see in your dancing is like so much freedom. And I, that's like what I truly desire is just like freedom in my dancing freedom to just like move your body, how you want to move. And yes, we get to do choreography and yes, we get to do technique, but it's freedom to choose your body over everything. That's beautiful. With that, what are some actionable things that dancers can do to help them feel more confident in their own skin? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So 
of course the space method so I know it's a lot and that was just the beginning but yeah what I said about the space method just taking you your yourself through that process of okay so how can I create sovereignty inside of myself how can I create um, presence inside of my body except except exception accepting acceptance there we go acceptance that's the word um, inside of my body right so just like practicing those things um, for me one of the modalities that like has changed my life is breath work and so breath work is a practice of processing your stuck emotions So what happens is you breathe yourself into a meditative state where you're able to process your stuck emotions, process the traumas, process uh, the the beliefs that are holding you back from loving your body and accepting your body. Um, And so this is, like I said, a meditative practice. It's something that I take my dancers through in my programs, but it's also a daily practice that you can have by making it shorter and more integrative. And what it does is it just helps support your system in this state of acceptance and self-love. So yeah, I have, I have some videos on my Instagram about breath work too, if you want to like check that out. Definitely. What's your handle? Uh, at Taylor underscore Behringer. Awesome. Something I would say, and something I have done personally, which is like a, was a new year's resolution this year, um, sort of thing. I have started to look myself in the mirror, right. When I'm brushing my teeth or getting dressed or whatever, and I'll say three compliments to myself and taking that space to love myself in those moments, looking at myself. I don't know. You don't usually get time to like talk with yourself. (laughs) You're usually doing other things, going somewhere, talking to other people. Mm -hmm. But I've been giving myself the space to talk to me. And, you know, it's great if other people are complimenting you, right? Especially as a dancer on, on how you look. But why not say that to yourself? Why not love yourself in that? You know, say you... I am beautiful. I am strong. I am able. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's been a weird thing. Like I keep saying these things to myself and it gives me this like little boost of energy that I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm awesome. (laughs) And I, I hope that that is something that dancers can take and, and, and do and help them switch their mindset on, on how they look in that mirror. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like what that's essentially doing is like, you're feeding yourself your own medicine, like you are your own drug. And so like when we can go in and we can reflect that, when we can reflect acceptance back into our own bodies, we're feeding ourselves our own medicine into healing. And so it's not just changing your mindset that you're doing, it's changing it's shifting your energetics, right? Mm. It's shifting how you, what you believe about yourself, like what's internal. Yes. Um, yeah. So I'm a big um, advocate for mirror work as well. I love mirror work. It definitely triggered me at first. So I'm going to like say that because there might be dancers that do that and they're like, I can't do this. It triggered me at first. Yeah. Fair enough. I can see why it would. It's intimate. Yeah. But, and also like, that's where we get to see Oh, like, so how does that make me feel when, when I do this mirror work, when I try to say these things to myself, looking straight at myself, what appears in my body? Like what is triggered Mm -hmm. when I say that? And then we get to go in and love that part that's triggered too. And accept that part that's triggered too. Yeah. Amazing. 
Well, do you have any plans or aspirations for the future that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, so I have um, the Evolved Dancer program. It will be opening back up in July. Well, I take that back. That was that was wrong. <laughs> it will start in July. Um, and basically, this is a five-month in-depth process of healing your relationship with your body and being able to integrate that into your dance career. Um, so if you desire to shift your relationship with your body, if you desire to um, be able to dance and also be in a body that you love and accept and know that you don't have to change it, right? You don't have to change it. It gets to be exactly how it is. Um, and you want that to be possible for you. This program is deeply supportive and it will 100% bring that transformation for you. Um, like I said, enrollment is open by the time this episode comes out and we're going to start in July. So just go on over to my website and my Instagram um, and let's connect. Yeah, absolutely. Would you mind sharing the details so people can go check out your website? Yeah, yeah. So my website is taylorberinger.com. Um, and my Instagram is at Taylor underscore Behringer. Amazing. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the Dancer's Guide podcast. Thank you for sharing your unique dance journey and your incredible insight. I guarantee this will resonate with many, many dancers that listen to this. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely amazing to hear Taylor's story and journey towards acceptance and love for her body. On the next episode, I'll be joined by Broadway vet, choreographer, and teacher Chip Abbott as we discuss what it's like being a male in the dance industry. You really don't want to miss out on this one. He shares such incredible insight, and we tear down some of the stigmas the industry has placed on males over the years. If you love this episode, rate and review this podcast on iTunes, and get in touch if you ever want to talk dance. Always remember, stay confident, be humble. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.